0: Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 221, October 27th.
2: Uh, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. 221? Yeah. Nope. 221? Hold on. Wait a minute.
0: 221.
1: draw. Now, in addition to not being able to draw an eight or a three, you can no longer draw a seven. <laughs> no, it looks we're like two. We're going to start over. I think I should just keep rolling. No. Oh, that's a perfect so time for me to tell a town ball story. <laughs> You want to try this again, Joe? Take it well, from the top. I, I, wait. Now. I got to have my have pencil. pencil. I knew it. It's right here, bro. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Look at it right here. Yeah, put
3: a little makeup on the top of your head there. That, uh, <laughs> it's awfully shiny. Hey, you know you can
1: see a pencil made out of rubber? God, That's a big hit with the kids at home. 721. Hey. Oh. Hey. Dun, 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 dun. You ready? Uh-huh.
0: Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic <laughs> Podcast number 721. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> October 27th, 2021. It was 74 degrees on this day on two occasions, 1922 and 1948. And in 1997, I thankfully do not remember this, it was only 13 degrees oh. Ooh. in 1997. And now, that's from the mayor's that office, pretty cold. That's chilly. That's
1: chilly. On the East Shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie
0: on Production, Chris Revers, Director of Social like Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, <laughs> and occasionally I really Kenny Sorry, from Brad. the Crabby Coffee. You know, when you get four Joe, mugs like us in here with king. faces made <laughs> from radio, <laughs> why in the hell are we on Cankeeper TV? It's because Joe YouTube
1: has become the second largest search engine in the world. You know, in huh. fact, there was a, a story about Facebook in the Star Tribute. Today. I'm going to read what? It. I'm going to read that.
0: <laughs> there was. Maybe talk about it tomorrow. There we go. You
2: know what, Joe? People on Facebook asked us to please put up the whole show like this. They want to see they love the it.
0: entire show. They ask us to do that. Yeah, we well, don't do that, of course. And to let's don't don't not people, do that. I'm going to say uh, we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. There is no uh, there is no ability in this country anymore, uh, primarily as a result of social media, to have humor. Yeah, I'll say. Former Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo has some online blowback after he made a joke about Giselle Bundchen, the supermodel wife of quarterback Tom Brady. Now you'd think it would be something foul, huh? Sure. The quip came after Brady made NFL history during a game between the Bucks and the Chicago Bears Sunday. I think he threw his 600th touchdown pass. Yes. Yep. Romo was one of the announcers mm-hmm. that day. I think he's the best color guy in football. He's pretty good. Brady threw. There it is. Brady threw his 600th touchdown during the game, but his receiver Mike Evans handed off the ball to a fan instead of holding it for hits for its historical significance. Romo joked, as the fan, later identified as Byron Kennedy, negotiated with a Tampa Bay staffer for the return of the ball to Brady. And, And so Romo... Takes on the role of the negotiation, what it must be like. Yes, yeah. So right here, he's like, we need that ball. That's 600, said Romo on the broadcast, jokingly narrating negotiations. Really? So what do you want, a million, he added? A date with Giselle. A date with Giselle, and I'm in, Romo said in the voice of the fan. And, of course, then all
1: hell breaks loose. And I was watching the game, and I obviously heard him say it and didn't even think anything of it. I don't think what Romo said was funny. It was tasteless, but that's just
0: me, tweeted Mike Freeman, the sports, race, and inequality editor for USA Today. Wow. <laughs> oh that's quite the well, title. He's, just he's trying, trying to keep his job. Editor.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's nice. just trying to keep his gig. You're right. Kenny's right. He's just validating his, his existence.
0: Yeah. And then it goes on with all of these morons. Hey, you know what? Thank God it was Romo. Because he doesn't give a
1: bleep no, what you I, say about I him. <laughs> and I guarantee he's probably even unaware that people are mad at him. Uh, did you see the interview with John Waters in the paper this morning? Who, nice, uh, I, ba- okay. Go ahead, You didn't read it? Go
2: ahead. He, well, he, he said uh, he used to worry about uh, uh, offending older uh, GOP-type gentlemen. He said, but now uh, he's worried about offending the young woke crowd. Mm-hmm. Because he said, even though I may agree with what
1: they think, They have no sense of humor, and they can't take a joke, and they don't know what to do. Zero sense of humor. There's a comedian that I follow on Twitter, and his name is Tim Dillon. He's hilarious. And they went after him, and he just kept, bring it on. I don't care. You know, I've got sold-out shows for the next however many weeks. Go ahead and do, do your damage, but I don't care.
3: Well, like the Dave Chappelle thing, yes. Yeah. You know, well, all, all these protesters are doing. And by the way, they come from within Netflix, so I'm a little wary about this whole thing. Oh. Uh, all, all they're doing is, all they're doing is promoting Dave
1: Chappelle. Well, you,
0: you said that yesterday. You love the marketing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just brilliant. fantastic
0: marketing. Can do you
1: suspect that this is, oh, of drummed up? Wow, of course. And you pr- you're probably right.
0: Quite a loss in St. Paul. St. Paul Police Chief Todd Axtell, I think we had him on last week. Yes, we did. Uh, will not seek reappointment in June of 2022. That's a, that's a shame. He's a, uh, he, he really had a handle on this, and he's needed. And uh, I don't have any insight into why uh, he's still a young man. He's only 53. Uh, really? He, yeah. You don't have Wait. any insight? Well, oh, I wait do, a minute, I guess.
3: <laughs> Remind me, yeah, you might have to put some uh, coins in the bucket. Didn't he say he was going to be having an, a big announcement coming up? Or am oh, I thinking of no, somebody you're else? Right,
0: you're right. I think, that was, I think you're right. I think you're right. And we let it fly right over our head. We never we, assumed it would be retirement.
3: We also had Fletch on mm-hmm. r- within the past couple of weeks.
0: My only, and I don't want to. I don't want to give my theory because it would cast Axtell in a bad light that may not
1: even be true. No, I, but I think it's it's fair to say that he, like a lot of the other police and police captains, are they're, they're sick of this crap. They're sick of the way they're being demonized every single day, and I don't blame any of them for stepping down. Maybe
0: he's tired of having to have his hand out to keep the force alive and to have the correct number of officers. Maybe he's tired of dealing with that bureaucracy that has diminished the respect for the police department. And he's done a hell of a job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And but uh, I just think it's a great loss. It's a great loss.
1: We said this years ago, Joe, when we were still on the radio, we said, folks, wake up here, because the more you keep this up, we're going to keep losing really good officers and really good candidates that would become officers. And it's happening. Well, here, here's... I won't tell you my theory. I'll just read you
0: what I'm reading in the uh, news releases. The former Mayor Chris Coleman appointed Axtell as chief in 2016. Throughout his tenure, Axtell has publicly sparred with Carter about police resources. During a routine budget presentation last month, Axtell bucked authority by asking the city council to spend $3.1 million more on the department than Carter proposed to help officers keep up with the surge in crime. Axdell raised concerns that a lack of funding in recent years has led to staffing shortages, officer exhaustion, cuts to community engagement and traffic enforcement, scaled back training, longer response times, and deteriorating equipment. So you want to see the writing between the lines... Uh, he's probably had enough of trying to negotiate with a guy who doesn't seem terribly interested in a robust and healthy police department. You mean the son of a former police officer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On Friday's show, we're going to have three St. Paul mayoral candidates on, and that means uh, I don't mean any disrespect to the other three who we won't have on. Uh, But they would be the three candidates who most likely will get some votes. Carter has raised more money than anybody. Uh, I I think maybe a guy like Axdell looked at the mayoral race and said, well, he's gonna win by a landslide and I gotta go through all this again. And uh, he says he'll serve the community in some other capacity. But a guy named Bill Hosko is running. He's a longtime downtown St. Paul businessman with an art gallery and a framing situation. He knows the trials and tribulations of being a small business operator in Minneapolis. Uh, Dino Guerin, former firefighter, long time involved in city politics. And uh, Paul Langenfeld, who's a newcomer to politics, but a really energetic guy who who wants to work hard for the city of St. Paul. So we're going to have, they're all going to be on individually, one after the other. Mm -hmm. And their only question is going to be, why does Carter need to be defeated and why are you the guy to do it? There's also a woman running. And uh, two other uh, people running. But these three uh, seem to have gained at least some purchase, some traction. But uh, I think it's a foregone conclusion, unfortunately.
1: Imagine if you're a resident of the city of St. Paul. I know one of us in this uh, group is. Imagine the woke individual. Well, I guess I can't use this video today. No. <laughs> Imagine the woke individual that Carter's going to appoint.
0: I, mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a shame. I think Axtell's a good guy. And, you know, maybe the next chief will be a great guy. Who knows?
1: We don't, do we have this going on in this town? We were, <sighs> oh, wait. Uh, before I forget, are you guys aware that they are uh, running ads now for the Yes for Minneapolis ballot question? Yeah, a lot of money's pouring yeah, yeah. Out. Yep. Okay, yeah. I just saw it for the first time this morning and I thought, are you kidding me? It's so misleading, by the way. The ad is, you know, a squad car rolling up, and there's a poor homeless guy Mm -hmm. sitting next to a dumpster, Mm -hmm. and and then the social worker (laughs) gets out of her car. I'm thinking, (laughs) of course. Who in God's name is buying this crap? There are dark forces at work here. There are dark forces at work, wishing to end policing as we know it. Oh, excuse me, officer. I, I, I've got it from here. You know, I'm really. Oh, it's just, it's so pathetic. That's pathetic. listen to
0: this this is a this is really what do, you, freaky.
3: what do you think the folks up there on broadway and oh i don't know lyndale yep. wherever how, how do you think they're reacting to that the way we are and, yeah, yeah don't worry
1: everyone the social worker's on her way
0: we spent some time yesterday discussing the problems in chicago and i got an interesting email from brian heimken who writes joe good content and what is going on in chicago i could add a story the DA, meaning his domestic associate, went to visit her daughter recently in Chicago. She lives in the Old Town neighborhood adjacent to Lincoln Park. They went for a stroll and passed a guy on the corner. They overheard him speak into an earpiece. It looks like a mother and daughter. They quickly left the scene. The thugs are out in force and work in pairs. Daughter ended up moving from that neighborhood. Also, Chicago has full mask mandates in place, which said daughter is pretty worked up about and is asking for an audience with Queen Lori Lightfoot to discuss when it's finally going to end. We are planning to staycation in White Bear Lake, maybe the last city I feel safe walking around in, pushing back in Shoreview, Brian. You got the guy in the corner with his earpiece, and he's he's relating to his buddies. Uh, Mother and daughter coming your way. Looks like a mother and daughter. What in the hell? You can't be vigilant enough. Nope. Nope. I had a kid I used to have take her kid to St. Louis last weekend to look at schools. Oh, boy. Because I can't convince them that the academies failed. Mm-hmm. And they went with another adult woman and her daughter. So at least there were two adult women and two, what, what are they now, juniors in high school, I guess. And I gave her a 14-page
1: list of, of admonitions. By how careful she had to be. And how far down that list, or how many pages into that, do you think she got before she threw it away? Eh, probably a couple points, maybe, <laughs> you know.
0: But well, they're back, and it worked out, and, it, and, they, and they, they said they felt safe.
1: Yeah, St. Louis is no treat either, by That's the what way. I'm saying. Oh, no. But now this is a new wrinkle,
0: man, working with the headphones. P- uh, well, it's an to industry. they tell, tell, tell the guy who's coming up the street. It's an industry, Joe. Yeah, yeah. It's a line of work. Yeah, uh, everybody's got to have a job. And one final note from Downing. Downing, I'm not going to run your pumpkin patch for you. Boy, he's you sure start are promoting for it. Advertising. I want advertising money. Sure, but, uh, are promoting
3: it. I find myself driving around thinking about this. So uh, his ad campaign is working.
0: Uh, update from the pumpkin patch. No, we have not sold out because of being mentioned on GL. But several GLers mentioned hearing about us. On the podcast, and a shout out to Geller Brent, who stopped by as the sun was going down, just to check if we needed any help packing up. And one more thing, oh, that's we cool. take cash, mm. no
1: plastic. Good for you, Donnie. no plastic. That's
0: well, your last mention. Highland the, Parkway
1: and Snelling. With the uh, rise in crime, Downing, are you sure you really want to announce? Downing, I,
3: I think we're up to. I, th- I think we charge about. What do we charge? Eight k a minute I for so, something no. like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: I don't think it's that much, but. I know I'll, what you. I'll, know I'll take what you that
3: mean. tandem axle tractor uh, trailer <laughs> off your hands, uh, right. Dave. Once it's
0: empty. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was at Schmel's countryside this morning. Oh, uh, right there in Maplewood, kicking some tires. Were you? Well, I kicked tires while they were working on my car. I had an, its first visit there, its first oil change, and what have you. And and I was talking to the fellows, and uh, there's an inventory problem. Really? Well, what they're doing is, you order, and the minute it comes on the truck, it's delivered to you. There, wow. there is there's literally no time for them to assemble new inventory on the lot because it's all being spoken for. Sure. So you go on the uh, you go on the website. you pick out what there is a good selection of Alfa Romeo Stelvio's, which I've owned one. They're fantastic. That Stelvio's named after a winding mountain road in Italy. It's a great SUV. Handsome as hell. Really cool. Great performance. Uh, but the Volkswagens, I think you're going to be ordering them. And the Fiats are going to be ordering them, and they expect, to, they expect good things happening in the future. They expect to, obviously they're in a, uh, a, a supply shortage due to all the reasons we've been talking about, but you're, they're going to get you a car. So go to SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. Uh, I was treated to a video while I was out there reading the paper I would get video updates of the tech guy working on my car. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. It's really neat. It really is. And uh, then I had a video update of him showing me how much tire tread I have left and, and everything. Oh, and, that's neat. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I know why they do that. They only do it for you, and they do it to keep you out of there. <laughs> right right you send him a video so he stays out of the shop <laughs> i do have a
0: tendency to try to work my way back oh, to, oh my god it's it,
3: hard not to it really is uh in any
0: event Schmelz countryside in maplewood right on the highway 36 and 61.
1: Once again, we want to thank Andy and his crew at Kahuna Window Cleaning and Services for their partnership here in Garage Logic. You see, they take care of all the stuff around your house that you really hate doing. Window cleaning, gutter cleaning, pressure washing, roof washing, they will even put up and take down and store your holiday lights. They service the entire metro area from North Branch to Norwood, Young America. Kahuna is also a veteran-owned company and honored to be recommended by Trust Vets. Check this out. Throughout November, they have a great special on holiday lighting just for GLers. Whether you want the Clark W. Grizzly well look or something a little more subtle they can handle it. They do all of the work. Seriously, all of it. They make the design to your liking. Purchase the high quality bright commercial grade Christmas lights you can't buy in stores. They professionally install the lights cut to fit your home perfectly and can even provide a timer. They maintain the lights throughout the entire holiday season and take the lights down and store them for the off season. Kahuna is offering all the above for a special price of just $550 just for GLers. Schedule it right now at Kahuna Window Clean Com. Make sure you ask for the Garage Logic Special. Again, that's kahuna windowcleaning.com.
3: You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe
1: Souchere. You know
3: No, no, no! I want a ten-minute version of this song. <laughs> and John, this is the one that'll never be heard by the public. I never see the light of day. That's correct. Except right here on uh, Garage Logic. Uh, That's correct. Deal. ProfessionalTurf.com. The best lawn care. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. I got a email from Jeff. Hey, Kenny, I just wanted to say I got ProTurf this year, and they were great. My yard looks awesome. I've always had stubborn weeds in the back. I would spray with the junk I got from Lowe's, and it would work a while, but then the weeds would come back. ProTurf actually got rid of them. That's who I'm talking about, the best lawn care shop in the business. They're looking for you, GLers, looking for seasonal workers to push some snow around this winter. Uh, If you get laid off in the winter, well, Get on the web right now. Look these guys up. Send in your information. You know who you are, men and women with know-how, confidence, quick learners, good with machinery, aren't intimidated by the size. You you know what? Three, four feet, ten feet of snow, nothing. You can handle that. A 16-hour day, big deal let's push some snow that's who they're looking for it's a great opportunity to turn some downtime into extra money very flexible compensation programs and what i really like about this it might put you in line for a job next summer because they are lining up employees for next summer uh, go on to professionalturf.com. click on contact us Send in your name and your info, and that's how it all gets started, Professionalturf.com.
0: Doctor, I'm very puzzled by something. Okay. In fact, I'm terrified. Dr. Eric Rubin, who sits on the Food and Drug Administration Independent Advisory Panel, justified recommending the Pfizer COVID vaccine for young children yesterday yesterday by deferring to potential upsides despite unknown side effects. Hold up. Hold up. Wait, Wait a, a minute. minute. Something, Something ain't, ain't right. right. Is that the way we do things? Apparently. We'll just give you the vaccine and hope for the bleeping best. You know what we're going to do? We're going to roll
1: the <laughs> dice.
3: Yeah, like dropping acid in the 70s. Well, yeah. Here we go. Like a, it's like a Roycey thing.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Like, I don't yeah, want that. Let's take a <laughs> vote.
0: Yeah. I and I'll have no say in this. I, I'm, I've been terribly marginalized with, my, with anything I come up with in my inner circle. And I have a nine-year-old and a... Uh, how old is she? Nine and five. You
1: so oh, say my. they're about the same age as my kids. I, I'm terrified.
0: Nearly one year after the government approved the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines for adults, an FDA advisory panel recommended by a vote of 17 to 0, with one abstention, granting emergency authorization of the Pfizer vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. As the Washington Post noted, the advisory board's advice is non-binding. However, the FDA is certain to grant emergency authorization. Next, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will have to authorize vaccinating children. Once CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky gives approval, which may come as soon as next week, young children can begin receiving the Pfizer vaccine. But there's something more that this Rubin fellow has said. Uh, Before the vote, panel members presented their opinions and concerns about giving the COVID vaccine to children. Despite the unknown, Rubin a physician at Boston's Brigham and, Woman, Brigham and Women's Hospital and immunology professor at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health said the vaccine should be approved for children. Many other experts on the panel voiced similar opinions. But this guy went on to say, uh, in fact, according to Rubin, the vaccine should be approved in spite of the unknown for administering the vaccine is the only way possible to learn of potential side effects. Oh boy, wait a minute here, Oh boy! wait a minute, oh wait a minute.
3: Oh boy. Minute. Oh boy. that
0: Now I'm gonna ask some rhetorical questions and John Haidt is gonna to have to go deep into the Google Uh-oh. maybe. Well, is this the, was the polio vaccine given without knowing its efficacy? In other words, is this, is this the way we operate so? in this country? It We're gonna now. give you a vaccine. We don't know what the side effects are, it, but we think the upside is,
1: outweighs them. And by the way, you mentioned this yesterday and it's worth repeating. We have to stop calling it a vaccine. It's a shot. Because it, it's a dose or it's, whatever. It's proven that it
2: well, I'm not
1: gonna go down that road. I don't wanna get yelled. At. Well,
2: it, it is but, a vaccine. So is the flu shot. Yesterday we said that wasn't. That's also a vaccine. I went and looked that up actually.
1: But John, they okay, are so, actually
2: vaccines. So
1: help me with the technicality portion of it, John. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm reason, not a doctor. But. but here's the reason I say it. If you get the vaccine for COVID, you can still get COVID. So that doesn't that technically mean it's not a vaccine? Here, here's, well, another, I, here,
0: here's another quote from Ruben. It really is going to be a question of what the prevailing conditions are, but we're never going to learn about how safe this vaccine is unless we start giving it. That's just the way it goes. Am I naive here? Is this the way it's been since the beginning of Western medicine?
3: I don't know, but I know if uh, you're a parent or a grandparent, you're slamming on
1: the brakes right now, right? Not with my kid. I'm telling you right now, I'm not getting my kids vaccinated. Sorry, not happening.
2: No vaccine, Chris, is 100% effective. Okay. Yes, you still call it a vaccine. Got it. Okay. By the way, Uh, polio, uh, Joe, I'm
0: sorry. Go ahead. No, No, I need heights in for me.
2: Well, uh, there's no indication. uh, There are side effects that are possible, but I can't find any indication that they knew or didn't know before they started administering them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know which came first. Did did we do the vaccinations and then then find out about the side effects or did we already
1: know and then do them? I'm not sure. I, I will continue to look. I also have stats. Ready? This is from the CDC. Okay, and and this is uh, based on the FDA panel voting to move forward with COVID vaccines for children's eight, children's ages five to eleven. <laughs> children's do learn. So children's do learn from October third of two thousand and twenty until October second of two thousand twenty-one. One calendar year. Yep. You ready? Yep. Causes of death in children. Ages 5 to 11, according to the CDC. Yep. The leading cause of death was accidents. Yep. With 969 per, I think it's per 100,000. Malignant neop... Cancer. Thank you. 525. (laughs) Congenial malformations, deformations, and chromosomal... Just cut to the chase. What uh, was COVID? The COVID is 66, which is lower than the flu, murder, accidents, and diseases. What? Where did this come from? Yeah, reverse? where are you reading this from? It's from the CDC. Oh. oh, geez. Well, what the hell are we doing? What are we bleeping doing?
0: What are we doing? And to and, and have me be told that, look, we don't know what the side effect is. There are some. We don't know what they are.
1: Uh, hold up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. That ain't right. And by the way, do you know what was right behind COVID deaths? And hmm. keep, keep this number in mind. In kids ages 5 to 11, suicide. Was right behind COVID deaths. Oh, mother of God! I, I, just folks, what are we doing? We gotta wake up.
0: See, we don't want we're, this show has walked a delicate line. We're not anti-vaxxers. Nope. Nope. We're we're trying to be reasonable people, but there's been a building momentum here where I'm beginning to see this. as the principal dynamic of our American life is being consumed with getting these shots. And now we're told, well, you might need four if you're in a certain demographic, and you might need another booster every year if you're in a, and on well, and on and on. Okay, that's me. I don't care if I keel over, but I got a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. I got 11-year-old. I got a, a 12-year-old. Well, everybody else is older than that, then they'll probably have to get it. And I, you're telling me You're going to defer to potential upsides despite unknown side effects.
3: They can spew this stuff all day long, and it doesn't upset me. What upsets me is the government stepping in, the mandates, the demands, the uh, bribery. That's
0: where you lose me. Why can't we just say, look, we're in the midst of an endemic, which means it'll be with us for a while if not forever. Why don't we just have some guidance that says, vaccines are available should you choose to get one? Yeah. And move on to a different story here.
3: Okay, so how, how would you answer the question then? Um, well, the kids need to get it to
0: stop the spread. What spread? Is there a big spread in schools?
1: I don't know. Have, have, have fo-
0: sold out football games been spreading events?
1: Not I that I'm Was
0: yeah. the Is the Stones concert going to be a, what are those things called?
1: Super Spreader. A Super Spreader? I hope not.
0: <laughs> I don't want a kid to have to face this.
1: Well, as Jordy notes in an email here yeah. uh, regarding this, um, well, the question is, if children suffer adverse reactions and Google and media prevent reporting it, did it really happen? Probably the, nice. uh, How many I have years? no. Uh, uh,
2: huh?
1: Doctor Rubin, the fellow you're talking about, yeah, Joe. Yeah.
2: Da, he, he, apparently, they are worried just about one thing the myocarditis aside from that the oh, side other, effects in
0: other words you're only worried about your heart he
2: That's says all.
0: that's okay not he, worried about your feet this is a heart you're worried about he,
2: well he also says and i don't know i've been looking for this like you said the history of how this works he says we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it right. that's just the way it's always gone and that's how we found out about rare complications of other vaccines. So apparently, they uh, test it. If they, whatever they find, they find. And then they move ahead if they think it's okay.
3: Well, then how can you blame a parent for going, you know what? I'm going to wait a couple of years. I'm going to sit this play out.
0: They're worried about the heart of a child as a potential side effect. Well, that's also been a
2: side effect for adults. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, that has been the main side effect. In fact, a couple athletes went through that. One or two had to quit playing. Including
1: a, uh, wasn't it one of the wild players?
0: Yeah, he's
3: I'm not sure. He's
1: but yeah, back. but yeah, he's back. Yeah, yeah some Rossi. can return and some can't, yes.
3: Yeah, I know it really killed my running game. I, I don't do a lot of jogging anymore <laughs> yeah. because of that COVID shot.
0: Well, I reserve the right to be terribly puzzled by this. Uh, uh, I guess I'm learning something that this is how you discover the effectiveness of a vaccine. You just start giving it to people. Uh, I I thought we were more refined than that. I I thought that we had systems in place to, uh, I mean, polio took years to develop. Uh, Nurse, uh, send the next sucker, I mean, patient in. (laughs) God almighty. See, I I don't have a say in this. Uh, They're not my children. uh, And I will be scoffed at. I'm sorry to report. Uh, But my admonition would be, uh, hold up! Wait a minute. Yep. Why don't you give this some time?
3: The rustling of papers is me trying to find the story that I obviously didn't. Oh, oh, here it is. Yeah. Well, they've okayed it. FDA panel. One third vaccine dose for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Your guys all over this piece.
0: Which guys that? <sighs>
3: So what would you do if your kids were of
0: that age? It depends on the political well, climate under my roof. I'm, I'm going to tell you my kids this are this that shouldn't, age. This <laughs>
3: shouldn't be a political discussion. No, I
0: understand that. I understand completely. This should be two parents concerned
3: about their kids. I, I posed this to the roommate last week right in front of the boy. I said, if this punk right here, 21-year-old, if he were... 13, 12, what would we do? Mm-hmm. We just gave each other the blank stare. We, do, we don't know what we would have done.
0: Well, and I, I, guess, I guess I could you know, technically point out that it's none of my business The two girls have parents. Right. And, that, and they're not dumb people. They're educated and well-read. Right. And, and right. Uh, if they make the decision, that's their decision. It really, I have no but, say in it. But um, you
3: know parents are going to be parents and grandparents are going to be grandparents right. you know you know uh, in is. my home
1: which has a uh, employee of a health care system, the discussion was very brief when I said I don't think we should do that and I was not met with any opposition
0: hmm. well one of my sister's reports feeling like a truck hitter for three days in a row after she got a booster and apparently that went away
3: Children have higher levels than adults of the neutralizing antibodies that are essential for preventing infections.
0: Uh, we'll move on because this can be terribly tedious, but I, I just it, it struck me as so starkly unreal to read, to essentially say, we're throwing the dice. We're rolling the dice here with your five-year-old. Yep.
1: Not mine, but yeah.
2: What, what I am reading about testing... Uh, they do the testing, but uh, that only can go so far. So they do a, full, a s- small number of volunteers in phase one. Then in phase two, they give it to several hundred volunteers assessing safety and ability to generate an immune response. Vaccine or phase three is given to thousands of volunteers compared to a similar group of people who didn't get the vaccine. If it passes all three phases, that's when it then goes out to well, the that's somewhat
0: public. That's somewhat reassuring, but it sounds like they're starting next week.
2: Does that yeah, mean they're starting the
0: the first of the three phases next week?
2: No, I would assume that if they're giving shots, that means those three phases have already been done. Wouldn't you assume that? I, yes,
0: I would hope so. I would anyway. hope, but now I'm shaken because I don't I don't know what what safeguards we have in place. I guess I'm learning that w- we have our people invent vaccines, and we hope that they work. <laughs> and let's just give them <laughs> out anyway. God
1: Almighty. <laughs> I wonder how much more money uh, Pfizer stands to make with uh, now being approved with five-year-olds getting the vaccine. Why did I have to go there? Why did I have to go there?
2: Okay, here's Because an email. the conspiracy runs deep, Chris.
0: Here's an email, germane to this. Uh, don't use my name as I work in the failing education system in Minnesota. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I have listened to the show from its start in college, I donated to Courage Kenny to have lunch with all of you and sit on the radio show. I have purchased so many things based on the show. Advertisers, Grunhoffers, ProTurf, Mosquito Shield, and even switched underpants to Duluth Trading and then Chill Boys. <laughs> nice. Still working on the wife to uh, allow me to get an EcoFun bike, not really an FFLF, simply concerned about my fat butt. Which leads me to the reason for my email. Meeting with my cardiologist last week, I asked him about the booster and mixing and matching since I got the worst vax, G and K, back in March. He looked up from his computer monitor and said in 30 years of medical practice, the major lesson he has learned is if you want to know what tomorrow's medical advice and recommendations will be, look at today's business section in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. What a cynical view, but who can argue? When you hear the CEO of Moderna talk about boosters, I don't believe in black helicopters. Kenny read Gerald Posner's book uh, case closed on the JFK assassination, but I share Reaver's sense that something is just not right here. It's probably better to buy stock in these companies instead of getting the booster, pushing back Paco from Green Bay. How could he remember that I read that book? I haven't brought that up in years. You probably, well, he's a long-time listener. Wow, he is. Great memory, man. How about the doc saying, look, you want to know about medicine? Turn to the business section.
1: He's 100% <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's 100% right. There you're going to find everything you want to know. Well, the guy mm-hmm. did mention Ecofund, where you can still... Uh, you have to, until the end of the month to take advantage of Tim Bloom's reverse supply chain problem at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Ten percent off Bentelli e-bikes to the end of October. That's in addition to the already great prices. Uh, and they still have spots for winter heated storage of scooters and electric bikes starting at 240 bucks, which I think is a bargain because that includes a full spring tune up in addition to your winterization and pick up and drop off at your home in the Twin Cities area is available for a small fee. I'm I'm booked for the first week uh, in November. Also at EcoFun, full line of Yamaha products, youth recreational equipment, the scooters that turn urban errands into adventures, helmets, apparel and a great service department in fact they've we've made their life miserable enough that they have they've broken ground now in a new a new location in forest lake that's EcoFun motorsports on highway 61 in downtown forest lake
1: And please let them know that you heard about him on the Garage Logic podcast. Truth, Justice, and the Souteray. Big Back
3: Yard. Kick it, boys. So, the reason I don't have a seafoam story is simple. I use seafoam, a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. and the reason I don't have any stories is because I've taken the advice of, you know, like Such and other GLRs. you guys told me, and I've started doing this, I just add a gulp or two to every gas can I fill up. And that's the best thing you can do for all of your assorted cylinders. You know, I see you on your ATV. You've got a, a side-by-side, a couple of chainsaws in the back of the side-by-side headed out to the woods or uh, an ice auger or motorcycle sleds, outboards of all sizes. Oh, oh, you're driving your zero-turn mower trying to balance your weed whipper in your lap till you get to your house, right? Yeah, uh, you fill those up. When you fill up your gas can, a couple of gulps, run them hard, put them away wet, never worry about them again because of those gulps of sea foam. And I know you've heard us talking about deep creep. Uh, it's the best penetro- pre- penetrating oil and lube on the market. Works way better than anything else. You know why? Because it's sea foam, a wonderful product in a world of bad gas.
0: We have a mutual friend, Kenny and I, uh, up Kenny's way who alerted me to a story over the weekend uh, that I have found and printed. It's the story of a doctor in Fergus Falls, a surgeon, general surgeon, who saved our mutual friend's wife's life one time with a surgery, having to get himself through a blizzard to the hospital. In any event, he's well thought of, and uh, he's been fired. He's been fired. Yeah,
3: for his opinion.
0: A longtime Minnesota general surgeon was dismissed from his hospital after arguing that parents should make health care decisions for their children. You are kidding me. The nope. regional health provider, Lake Region Healthcare, confirmed that Dr. Jeffrey Horak no longer works there as of Wednesday. The company did not specify the reason for his departure, but the doctor recently made comments regarding parents making health care decisions for their children. I believe he went to a school board meeting.
3: He did. Also, he's a
0: terrorist. Yeah, I'm a man who believes individuals have the right to do their research and decide what is best for them and their children when it comes to their health, Horax said of his dismissal. I don't believe governments or institutions should dictate that. It's a position I've always have taken. And when the science doesn't make sense to me, it's hard for me to go along. The Fergus Falls School District's October 11 board meeting Attracted relatively high attendance due to fallout from its 10 day mandatory mask policy. Horak made an appearance at that meeting. Suggested- Wearing scrubs, Joe. Just, was he? Fresh from work, <laughs> was yeah. <he? laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Suggesting parents uh, should be allowed to make health care decisions for themselves. While there, he also discussed a monkey at a Detroit zoo that can tie knots, a reference some deemed racist. What? I- what? Well, my friend told me that the monkey reference was Horak saying a monkey could do some of the surgeries I do. I don't know in what context that came up. Oh. And as our friend points out, what are we supposed to call monkeys?
3: Kenny and Rookie.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Nine days after Horak's speech, the surgeon claimed he was offered a choice, resign or be terminated. The doctor chose the latter. We sincerely appreciate Dr. Horak's 16 years of service to our patients and our organizations, and we wish him the best as he transitions his practice from here. Kent, Matson, CEO of Lake Region Healthcare, reportedly said of Horak's departure. Uh, Matson noted Horak was employed at uh, LRH under a professional services agreement, but did not clarify whether Horak's comments at the school board were related to his termination. (laughs) Parents' role in making decisions regarding their children's health and education has come under increasing scrutiny in recent weeks. Virginia gubernatorial hopeful Terry McAuliffe last month uh, said the parents should not tell schools what to teach. And recent clashes between parents and school administrators over mask mandates and transgender policies, among other contentious issues, led the Justice Department uh to issue a memo dispatching the fbi to ensure that school staff were safe so
3: a couple of things that i retained from this uh, he talked about the uh, effectiveness and his own experience wearing a mask of course he wears the n95 the really really good one uh, you know and he wears it during surgery and he says he gets a headache it's hard it's hard to breathe it's Mm -hmm. hard to work in this thing and these are the good versions the cheap versions that the public is wearing are even worse and they don't stick to your face and uh something he said something about uh, i can't imagine how it difficult it must be breathing through these things while doing sports and other activities things like that talked about his own experience wearing masks
0: well along these lines i've been alerted to a piece in the washington post Uh, It's an amazing piece from the Washington Post from a a professor from the failed academy who tries to make the point that parents do not have the right to tell schools what to teach their kids. It is another example of a coordinated effort to dismiss or marginalize parents pushing back against something they are now more aware of, an education system getting too far ahead of what parents want or expect given the frenzy one might reasonably conclude that radicals are out to curtail the established rights that americans have over the educational sphere yet what's actually radical here this is in the washington post is the assertion of parental powers that have never previously existed yet that's exact. Uh, uh, this is not to say that parents should have no influence over how their children are taught, but common law and case law in the United States have long supported the idea that education should prepare young people to think for themselves, even if that runs counter to the wishes of parents. In the words of legal scholar Jeff Schulman, the effort may well divide child from parent, not because socialist educators want to indoctrinate children, but because learning to think for oneself is what children do. To which I would say, B as in B, S as in S. You're not allowing children to think for themselves in the failed academy. You're proselytizing. When do the interests of parents and children diverge? Generally, it occurs when a parent's desire to inculcate a particular worldview denies the child's exposure to other ideas and values that an independent young person might wish to embrace or at least entertain. To turn over all decisions to parents then would risk inhibiting the ability of young people to think independently. As the political scientist Rob Reich has argued, minimal autonomy requires, especially for its civic importance, that a child be able to examine his or her own political values and beliefs and those of others with a critical eye. If we value that end, the structure of schooling cannot simply replicate in every particularity the values and beliefs of a child's home. You realize what this means?
3: It it is, in fact, over, is what it means.
0: In framing our public schools as extremist organizations that undermine the prerogatives of families, conservatives are bringing napalm to the fight. That may rally the base and tilt a few elections in their favor, but as with any scorched-earth campaign, the cost of this conflict will be borne long after the fighting stops. Parents may end up with a new set of rights only to discover that they have lost something even more fundamental in the process, turned against their schools and their democracy. They may wake from their conspiratorial fantasies to find a pile of rubble and a heap of ashes. I don't know if that was in the Washington Post piece or from the fellow who sent it to me. But uh, I think that's, uh, I think there's tremendous hypocrisy here. Who are you kidding? The reason the academy has failed because it only teaches you one way to think and doesn't expect you to have independent thoughts. No.
1: And if you are, you're instantly labeled. Yeah, critical thinking is no longer a... a no you, know what else tell, you know what else I learned from that piece?
2: Hmm. As yesterday's positive report card shows, children do learn.
1: That's right. Danny, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you
0: guys if you want to change where you work, because I know what your smart-ass answer is all the time. <laughs> but I know people are considering where and when they're going to return to work, and there's a wonderful alternative in Mendota Heights called the hell it called? Center Point. Center Point. Well, the paperclip was over the word and I couldn't. Center Point of, you'd think I would know it by heart by now, right? Center Point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park. It's an eight-building campus on rolling, park-like land in Mendota Heights. Easy access to the airport, both downtowns, which you are not going to have to park in every day. And uh, highways, uh, 55, 62, 494, 35. You're gonna work in a setting that has trees, shade trees, walking trails, bike trails, great lunch spots, free parking out uh, in front of your space for easy access. They're all single-story, so there's no elevators to wait for. You get your own restrooms, of course, and each office space is customizable, so you get exactly what you want, including the iWave air purification systems in the buildings. And as I said, patios available. It's a really, really handsome, handsome campus of eight single story buildings. Uh, find out more at Escape to Mendota. That's one word.
1: EscapeToMendota.com. You can call them at 612-895-2440 for a free water analysis and estimate, or just check them out online at hoffermanwater.com, and please let them know that Garage Logic sent you.
3: Who are you guys pulling for, by
1: the way, in this series? I'm, the going, Braves, with I'm going with the Braves. I ain't rooting for them cheating Astros. Yeah, probably, probably the Braves. Let's go. I don't, I don't I really. really care. All
3: right. Make it a good series. Yeah. You didn't save that part, did you? Why not? Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, no, sitting but... through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere, about to say something very uh crass, and that's why I cut you off. Don't be saving that stuff uh, there, Larry. <laughs> okay, quiz time for the fellows. DK Mags, what's their website? Come on, DK give it to me. DKMags.com. DK Monticello Pawn and Gun. What's their website? Monty. Monticello Monty. Pawn and Monty. Gun. Monty. gun Mon- Mon- K- Monto. Pawns, guns. Suits, you're actually the closest. This, uh, I didn't know this either until recently. It's Monty Pawn. And the reason I bring it up is because those are the two websites you go to to sign up for firearms financing. Fill out that credit app based on approval. You order that firearm, ships to the store, you roll in there, bring your ID. Oh, huh, ID, huh. Yeah, bring that ID in. That (laughs) firearm is yours. Uh, but it's for you only, just the buyer, not for somebody else. And uh, the other prong in my thrust here, gunsmith, Monticello, tomorrow, every Thursday. That I, I like that work week. That's a... That's a six-day weekend. I respect that. Once a week, he comes in there and works on firearms. It's like what, what you used kid. to do with
1: the podcast when we first started. Oh,
3: down. Good old days. Occasionally, Kenny from the gra- uh, yeah, um, but you know you can drop your firearm off there any old time. Uh, but it just they want you to know that the uh, gunsmith is in there on a Thursday again. Uh, DkMags.com and montypon.com.
0: Here's John Height. Thank
2: you Joe. Minneapolis Park and Rec Board Superintendent Al Bangora presented his agency's 2022 budget to the Minneapolis City Council's Budget Committee Monday. It includes what he describes as unprecedented record-setting funding for an expansion of youth programs across all city parks. Bangor and the board proposed spending $1.3 million on expanded programs next year and have received a commitment from Mayor Jacob Fry and the council to add an additional $1.3 million to those programs by using federal American Rescue Plan dollars. Park Board Vice President Latricia Vitau told uh, Jay Coles down in 5 Eyewitness News, the doubling down on efforts to reach more kids through Park Board programs is a direct response to the increase in youth violence, which has seen a significant
1: surge in the past two years. So basically this is a method of funding for people that refuse to parent. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, we should uh, mention, we talked about it earlier, the police chief of uh, St. Paul...
3: Oh, oh. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Stepping down in June. Yes, Mr. Olson. There's nothing wrong with park programs. Not at all. They're they're great. Not at all. I mean, it introduces kids to, like, baseball and football and soccer that have no shot at making it on their junior high or high school. There's a flaw
0: here. There's a fatal flaw. You can't even successfully have a fourth-grade football game in a park in Minneapolis without the fear of being shot at.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You're correct about that, but... I mean, I, I, people, parents don't necessarily, we didn't use it so somebody else would raise our kids. No, I,
1: I get that. But this, I guess I'm talking about the additional funding, Kenny, that's going towards this because they have no idea how to curb the violence because yeah. these kids are just not being cared for properly. Got gotcha, you, brother. Got gotcha. you. I'm just sick arguing with you guys. So the police <laughs> it gets <laughs> tedious, <laughs> doesn't
3: it? It really does.
2: The police chief of Minnesota's capital city stepping down in June, announcing he will not seek a second term at the department's helm. Saint Paul police chief Todd Axtell made the announcement on his Facebook page today, calling the decision a difficult one made only after spending the last few months in deep reflection. In his post, the chief talks about the challenges he's faced as Saint Paul is struggled with a significant spike in shootings and homicides during the pandemic and the unrest that followed the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. He wrote, there's no greater responsibility than protecting people, seeking justice for victims, and working to keep police officers safe as they rush into the unknown to help others. He continued, it's been a wonderful and trying experience, What I will cherish forever. The trust bestowed upon me by the city is truly humbling. Axtell said he informed both Mayor Melvin Carter and the men and women of the department of his decision early this morning, saying the process of selecting the city's next chief will be uh, what
1: he calls a long journey. Do you anticipate, Joe, that there will be others that will follow him once he resigns? Or I should say steps down?
0: No, but the, the, the bigger problem is just attracting recruits to attend the academy. They're, yeah. they're not attracting many people.
1: He gave us those startling mm-hmm. numbers last week. Mm-hmm.
2: Update on a couple of stories we had yesterday. A South Metro priest was killed while riding his bicycle Monday, we've now found out. Mm -hmm. According to church leaders, Dennis Denny Dempsey, a priest at the Church of the Risen Savior, was killed when a car hit him while he was riding his bike at about 3.23 p.m. Monday near County Road 42 and 145th Street West. According to the church, Dempsey was ordained 41 years ago, served many years as a parish priest in St. Paul and Northfield. He then served seven years as a in Venezuela, he started at Church of the Risen Savior in Burnsville just this past July. The motorist, 26-year-old Trajine Curry of Minneapolis, arrested at the scene, jailed on suspicion of criminal vehicular homicide in connection with driving in a grossly, uh, grossly negligent manner. Court records show that at the time of the crash, Curry was driving after having his license revoked. He's been convicted ten times for that offense Jeez. in the past three and a half years. Oh. Well, how was he? Not in, how was he not behind bars? Because we don't put people behind bars. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah, for driving without a license, maybe we should. Uh, meanwhile, An unlicensed motorist has been jailed after being accused of fatally hitting a 56-year-old woman walking her dog in Blaine, then driving off. That happened about 1230 Monday near 109th Avenue Northeast and Flanders Court Northeast. Law enforcement located the driver, 31-year-old John Robert Jones of Blaine, and his vehicle later in the afternoon. He's being held on suspicion of criminal vehicular homicide. Jones was driving at the time of the crash, even though his license was suspended. God almighty. Bridget O'Keefe Dunn, Bridget O'Keefe Dunn of Blaine was walking her dog on the side of the road when the vehicle hit her. Emergency responders took Dunn in an air ambulance to a nearby hospital where she was declared dead. Four months ago, Jones had hit a car from behind on Highway 10 in Lionel Lakes, caused a three-car collision during that time, and had no license right now.
0: Rule rule following law-abiding people uh, who exercise their responsibility are, are fighting for space in a world full of the flotsam and jetsams, Flopsam, fla- full of people who have committed crimes. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with Flotsam and Jetsam. Flotsam and Jetsam. You got jets there, though. And well, the other flotsam thing, too, and, and I made this
1: observation <laughs> yesterday when we were not recording the show, but I also see a lot of people that are way too trustworthy with their fellow man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll see people jogging on the side of a highway. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, go get an elliptical yeah. machine or, you know, run, run through your neighborhood. Don't be on, you know, a major highway. Or go run someplace where you're not breathing mm-hmm. exhaust. That's true, too. Jeez.
0: <laughs> jeez Minneapolis always,
3: police I always had that argument about bicycle riders why would you want to ride on busy 38th street where yeah. people, the speed limit's you know, what is it now 20 is plenty 20 is uh, plenty but, Kenny but people are doing 45 when you could go one block north or south right. and have the whole street to yourself and where people actually drive very slow because it's a tight little neighborhood you know what I mean yeah Mm -hmm. why why not take that option
2: Minneapolis police say the FBI is now helping out in the investigation of body parts remember this found in four locations around the city this summer
0: I know nothing
2: the remains were all identified as belonging to 36 year old Adam Richard Johnson family members say they hired a private investigator but four months after the death there are still few answers A former girlfriend of Johnson, who asked to be identified only as JoJo, told our 5 Eyewitness News, we don't have anything, we need more. She spoke publicly Tuesday for the first time since June, when neighbors found the first of Johnson's remains across two blocks in northeast Minneapolis. The police department declined to comment about the case, only saying it's an active investigation. Johnson's loved ones say he struggled with mental health issues and addiction, but say they were told he had no drugs in his system at the time of his death. The ex-girlfriend said this was not gang-related, this was not a drug cartel, this was somebody that knew him and knew him specifically. She's again asking for anyone with info about Johnson's death to come forward.
0: Kenny, when's the last time you drove uh, Mississippi River Boulevard on the St. Paul side?
3: Oh, months ago, a long time ago. Oh. When Six you, months or
0: more. Oh. Well, when you're southbound now on Mississippi River Boulevard and you go under the Lake Street Bridge, you come yep. upon a memorial of some sort. Uh, White bicycle? Well, there's the white bicycle on the corner. No, you come upon one on the riverside of the street, uh, dozens and dozens of flowers and signs, and I I keep meaning to stop. But my suspicion is, you recall the story of a guy who was uh, killed in a cave uh, on the river this summer? It was exploring caves. Oh, yeah, vaguely. And and, uh, that's what I'm presuming this must be. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know
3: caves scare the hell out of me yeah. there's no way i'm going there could be a bear in there that's right i'm not going in there
2: medina-based polaris retail f- sales fell 24 percent over the summer months the reason they couldn't keep up with demand because of the supply chain disruption wow. Retail sales impacted by substantial deterioration of the supply chain, permeating from the global economy, but continued interest and demand from existing riders advanced our market position. That according to Mike Spitson, Polaris' chief executive, third quarter earnings fell 7% to $114.6 million dollars. Strong demand for off-road vehicles, snowmobiles, and motorcycles position the company as well in the market. Unfortunately, the supply chain disruption hitting companies, leading to product shortages at dealers and the decline in North American sales. They do say they expect the supply chain challenges, including clogged ports and a shortage of truckers, to continue into 2022. Bummer. State of Minnesota has settled a price-gouging lawsuit against Sparbo Farms, a Litchfield-based egg producer.
3: Okay. Now, yeah. you, are you goading me on? You you want to get I'm not. me mad? No. Joe, why? have you why? followed this story at I all? I have not. I have not. It's not the first time this shyster attorney general has gone after farmers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead, John. I'm going to try <laughs> to keep my big fat mouth shut, but it's going to be difficult. <laughs> too, too late now. I'd like to hear the, the law- story. The lawsuit that the state filed
2: September 3rd alleged that Sparbo Farms tripled its egg prices in March of 2020 when demand increased as the coronavirus pandemic reached Minnesota. Sparbo allegedly increased the prices in violation of a state executive order banning price gouging. In addition, the suit alleged that the company was unable to show increased costs to justify the price increase. Uh, Now, to make up for all this, Sparbo has agreed to donate 90,000 dozen eggs, that's more than one million eggs to combat hunger and food insecurity. The donations will be made over 18 months to nonprofit organizations throughout Minnesota. It must be of the same quality as the eggs it provides to retail outlets. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, one of 11 states that does not have a law against price gouging. Oh,
3: we could have done this, a whole hour on the Krabby Coffee Shop about this show, uh, this Story alone, John. This makes me so mad. Did you read where the Spargo, uh, is it Sparto? Spargo. Sparbo. 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 The spokesman said we didn't increase prices. It's the distributors and middlemen. I and did why didn't you even is, see that? And this is the second time the Attorney General has gone after egg oh. farmers uh, alone and blamed them. What's Keith they, got
0: against eggs?
3: Yeah, what's, the egg doesn't go from the chicken's ass to the blooping <laughs> diner's mouth. There's a whole series of middlemen involved that drive the price up. Huh. And these folks, God bless them, they caved and settled instead of
1: fighting this the way that I wish they would have. Hmm. I don't understand this attorney general. So basically what well, Keith doesn't understand is everything has gone up in price the last however many months. Everything. Everything is everything. expensive. Everything.
3: You have to heat your
0: house this winter. Oh, God. Oh,
3: God. Don't send me down that road. But thankfully, these folks, because they just want to keep doing business and put this behind them, said, yeah, you know, what was the number, John? 93 gazillion eggs? 90,000 dozen, over a million eggs. Yeah, yeah. So God bless them, but... Go ahead, John. You,
2: you, I'm sorry. Uh, kind of changing the subject, not really. We've talked about cars and the shortage and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last two months, uh, we're thinking about moving some cars here at the Height household. Mm-hmm. I go to Kelly Blue Book. Uh, mine and my kid's car, both about every week and a half to two weeks, go up a $1,000 a year. Isn't that something? It's That's amazing. It's amazing. yeah. yeah. His oh, no. his car right now is worth three grand more than he paid for it three years ago.
0: Really? <laughs> Goodness. Yes. Sell it. Yeah. Let's go. He's, here. Guy. He's Of course, then you're going to have to pay three grand more than he wants to.
2: Well, I'm actually probably going to buy his car. Oh. So it's a long story. That we right. don't need I don't want to get hear into. It. The, I don't really want to hear show.
0: it. Show. Yeah.
2: The the Liffy is closing or what? it's closed. No. I mean. Uh, the Irish pub that has occupied the first floor of the Holiday Inn in downtown St. Paul since the early 2000s isn't coming back. Uh, they've been closed since Saint Pat- the day after St. Paddy's Day in 2020, and now they say they will not reopen. It's being replaced by a Wild Bill's Sports Saloon. Oh or my saloon. God, Stoon. are you serious? <laughs> a local chain with locations across the metro will take its place. Wild Bill's website says the location is hiring and will open soon.
0: I like scrambled eggs. You know, when it I comes do too, to, Joe. When it comes yeah. to eggs, that's the way I like. Yes, them. I do. I scrambled very well, I like them over poached. hard you know or poached. I like them
3: I well re- done. I realize it's opposite, but I like them either over hard or poached on toast and or corned beef hash. Mm. Ooh, hash is that sounds yeah. good,
2: Joe. Do you throw anything in there when you scramble them? Like I throw peppers and onions in and cheese,
0: cheese. You know. yeah. uh, well, when I make them, I uh, yeah. I cut up some grunhofer's brats there you and go put them in the uh, scramble brilliant eggs. isn't that, brilliant? that sounds pretty good yeah or or yes. some grunhofer's ham about, or
1: grunhofer's bacon And you know what ham. do ham the bloody good. mary mm. brat with your scrambled eggs oh, i bet that would be, be really good you good. stick the uh, uh, you stick
0: the brat in a bloody mary drink like mm-hmm. a stalk of celery mm-hmm. and, yeah uh, this is of course all the great treats from grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in hugo right north of uh, hugo on highway 61 in the new store on Highway 97, just east of Interstate 35, in Forest Lake, home to the great meatloafs, the Wagyu steaks and burgers, the ham, the bacon, 139 flavors of brats, great seasoning, cheeses. Oh, cheeses! Oh, Jesus. They got cheese. It's just uh, honest to God. It's a uh, it's a food uh, it's a food uh, Joe, when, uh, carnival. When, when
3: I was staying in Forest Lake, I just went over there and literally bought five meals. I bought yeah. summer sausage, a yeah. big block of cheese, and some buns. set beautiful. me up for like three days. Oh, <laughs> yep.
0: Exactly. It's a uh, Grunhofer, John. You know it very well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you redeemed
3: yourself there, Suchy boy. Yeah. Good job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Americans purchased more cigarettes
2: last year, the first time in 20 years that an increase has been seen, according to the Federal Trade Commission. The number of cigarettes purchased by wholesalers and retailers rose about 0.4% to 200 and $3.7 billion from $202.9 billion in 2019. Altria Group, maker of Marlboro, previously pointed to the pandemic as the reason a lot of people are lighting up more. Chief Executive Billy Gifford said Americans spent less money on travel, gas, and entertainment, and uh, that fewer social engagements led to more what he called tobacco use occasions. Uh, Meanwhile, the St. Paul City Council in St. Paul...
3: What a euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that is the best spin I have
0: ever heard. Does that apply to the guy (laughs) who's got the cigarette in the hole in his throat? (laughs) That's a tobacco occasion.
3: Basically what he's saying is people are saying, GD, I need a lung dart (laughs) right right now. (laughs) I'm lonely, man.
2: (laughs) The uh, St. Paul City Council, meanwhile, will vote on an ordinance today being called one of the most restrictive in the country for its regulation of tobacco and e-cigs the proposal, which would amend Chapter 324 of the Legislative Code, would set a $10 minimum price for a pack of cigarettes and standard size can of smokeless tobacco. It would prohibit the use of coupons or price promotions for all commercial tobacco products, and liquor stores would be banned from selling menthol or other flavored tobacco products.
0: What a slap in the face to the black community. It really is. Well, it's just everything pathetic. The, everything the left does is a slap Just a slap face. in the face. What business is it of theirs? Why is this city council business? We can't answer that, Joe. You're not even paying attention. Yes, I am. You're, you're studying the computer screen. Well, We're studying. one day
1: closer, Joe. Yeah. Mort <laughs> Soule, the comics. Actually, what pioneering I was doing, sorry, John, to interrupt. Uh, Todd Axtell is speaking no, currently. Oh. That's what I was monitoring. Oh. Uh,
2: Mort Saul, the comic whose pioneering style paved the way for folks like Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor, and George Carlin, died yesterday at his home in Mill Valley, California. Saul was 94. I'm not going to lie. I thought Mort Saul was already dead. Yeah, like 50
0: years ago. Yeah,
2: I thought he was dead. He was only 94? 94. Yeah, 94. well, that makes
0: sense, 94. He was a staple of 1950s and but 60s television. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Like you everywhere. said, he
3: paved the way for so mm-hmm. many other people who are, have long departed.
2: Mm-hmm. And he was a great smartass, too, oh, yeah. in interviews. Oh. Known for his topical social commentary, he boldly skewered politicians, both sides, and others in a harsh but clean stand-up act. He hosted the first Grammy Awards in 1959, co-hosted the Academy Awards that same year, and a year later became the first comedian featured on the cover of Time magazine. He also guest-hosted The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson, multiple times during the 1960s. He was born back in 1927, did a stint in the Air Force, then went to USC. By the mid-1950s, he was doing stand-up, a 1955 performance recorded and released became very popular Mort Saul at Sunset it's considered the first stand up album In the late 50s, he Mm. began landing acting roles. His subsequent big screen work followed some TV roles. He was also a regular on the talk show circuit. Uh, He did some work on the popular Dean Martin Celebrity Roast in the 70s, appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show many times, and was on celebrity-driven game shows, including Hollywood Squares, Match Game, and Missing Links. He was the subject of a 1989 American Masters documentary titled Mort Saul: The Loyal Opposition... George Carlin always crediting Saul as the biggest influence with Lenny Bruce Bruce on his work. Oh, yeah. Wow,
3: I didn't know that. Direct line. What was he the host of the first, uh, did you say Grammys or Grammys? Yeah. Yeah, first Grammys, yep. Did he roast them or was he respectful? I, I have no idea. I didn't.
2: I was unaware he even
3: did it until I yeah.
2: had that right. story. Well, you thought so, he was
0: dead, for God's sake. I thought he'd <laughs> been dead for yeah. 10 years
2: or yeah. so. I, I don't know. He's been very quiet the last 10 years, let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, a backer of former President Trump, who offered a minimum of twenty-five grand to anyone who could find evidence of voter fraud in the 2020 election, has finally paid out his first bounty. Didn't really turn out the way he had planned, though. He had to pay the money to a progressive who found evidence of Republican foul play in the election <laughs> the, un- the unlikely recipient Eric Frank a poll worker from Chester County Pennsylvania is set to collect the $25,000 minimum Frank caught sight of 72 year old Republican voter Ralph Thurman trying to vote twice once in his name and once in his son's name Thur- yeah. Thur-
0: Thurman vote often he puts a lot of miles on his car on election yes day. he does <laughs> that's Thurman coming up pleaded. Tuesday yeah
2: Yep. Thurman pleaded guilty last month to repeat voting. He was sentenced to three years probation and now is prohibited from voting for the next four years. Uh, back in November of last year, during the aftermath of Trump's election loss, Patrick had announced he would be offering up to $1 million to incentivize, encourage, and reward people to come forward and report voter fraud. Okay, I have a
1: question. How oh. is that legal in any way for him to do that? It's not. Well, then... for. For what Patrick, you you mean? You. yes, for Patrick to do that—how is that legal? Patrick oh. Roycey? Oh my God! No, Dan Lieutenant, Patrick, the yeah, Lieutenant Governor of, Governor of Texas. I, I guess From I From ESPN, it. Dan yeah.
0: Patrick.
1: What? Wow! I'm just going to give this to all of us because you know we're just... <laughs> yeah. That that's well deserved, but you, Chris. Do you, do you <laughs> see what I'm saying, though, John? I don't know how is that legal I, I for him d- to do. That? I don't.
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't think he was doing it as a representative of the state. I think he was just doing it as a as a citizen. Oh. I I don't know. I I okay. I, have, I have no idea. He's kind of a yeah, I know, I know. He is, yeah. <laughs> uh, the New York Post reporting Nora O'Donnell's in danger of losing the top spot at CBS Evening News as cost-slashing execs at the broadcasting giant quietly search for her replacement amid sagging ratings. Anybody here, when I was growing up, 530 News was a must-watch. Does anybody here ever watch that anymore? I do. I do. Yeah.
0: I do religiously. I, yeah. Do you? I yeah. rarely see it yeah. anymore. What network, rarely. Joe? Usually ABC. They're all the same.
1: It's David all BS. Muir. Yeah.
2: I like Lester Holt on NBC because he has the pipes. Yeah. That's
1: that's the main reason. He's Have got you seen gone. the Lester Holt uh, mashup of him doing uh, uh, Rapper's Delight? No. No. it's it's i'll send it to you, that John. would be fun it's yeah. really really funny <laughs> the uh 47 year old o'donnell
2: who's anchored the broadcast since 2019 uh insiders pointed to her hefty pay package that's in the ballpark of eight million dollars a year and a three-year contract that is slated to expire next spring also uh, she had cbs move the evening broadcast to washington dc from new york city to accommodate her and her husband chef jeff tracy and their three kids uh the stories are saying cbs would like to move the broadcast back to new york city once they uh, get rid of her
1: okay I, I misspoke. It's Brian uh, uh, Brian Williams featuring Lester Holt. Uh, the video.
2: I said a hip hop, the hipping, the hipping to the hip, hip hop. You don't stop the <laughs> to the bang bang. What you say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the Okay, the Thank you, now,
0: thank you, thank you. I don't think it's all. I, it's I all,
2: all think is yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> really? people do that all the time. Really, boy, <laughs> fun- you know, it's
3: not funny. No, I don't well, think it's Kenny, funny that's, either. That's no. that's
2: very popular on social media.
3: They do that with all sorts of people. You know what? People, Get them to people. do it live and I'll be impressed. But that's but, the bet. Oh. oh, big deal. Some nerd sat down for three days and edited all that crap together. That's well, usually the way it happens, isn't it? Go right. away. It, it always away. is, yeah. And Get away from me, kid. Cookie.
0: You're bothering me. <laughs> I don't like the word sorrow. Why
1: do you not like know. I
0: don't, the word Why, I don't understand that. Why don't we come back <laughs> with this day in history? Okay. It's, it's a awesome big day in one. history. Oh, is it? Yeah.
1: Hey, folks, Giant Man here, you're listening to Garage Logic. <laughs> I mean, the mayor, he's the guy that, that runs that thing, I mean. Daughter, you know, he's, he's Shushra, the mayor. how did you get him to do wow. that by the way
0: he would do anything for us right he's just sitting around here killing time that's why he's the best why are you Walk pointing him. at something i'm pointing at Kenny.
3: lawyers guns and money which of the above <laughs> which of the Sorry. above can you not stuff into a liberty safe from maple grove lock and Safe.com? the lawyer probably your lawyer probably your attorney mm-hmm. yeah Unless, you know, uh, heirlooms, family heirlooms, important documents, all that stuff that cannot be lost in the event of fire or burglary. Rich, the owner, I know what you're going to do because you're going to do what I do. Walk in there with a bazillion dollars in your pocket and say, give me the biggest and the best. And uh, Rich is going to talk you off that ledge and send you home with something that will fit your needs instead of making you the, uh, well, I, I guess I just realized I can't say that. Uh, on the air. Instead of making you the neighborhood big shot, let me put it that way, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. That's the web address. 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove is the place to find him. He's going to give you peace of mind. He's going to provide you with a safe that will keep all your valuables secure, no matter what kind of doom and gloom approaches your household. He's also pretty good with the toolbox, so if you need something lock or safe related that needs repairs, before you drag it out on the ice and let her fall through, give Rich a call. Again, MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com.
0: Well, the traveling Lymans appear to be back in Marlith Park in Mumpumalanga, you sure? South Africa. Well, because <laughs> I'm, I'm getting no uh, word about Zambia. Or Zimbia? Zambia. Zimbabwe. Zimb- Zambia. No. 1829 on this date. <laughs> Zanzibar. Zanzibar.
3: <laughs> Christopher um,
0: C. Andrews was born in New Hampshire. He was a pioneer advocate of the application of European forestry principles to American conditions and a persistent sponsor of the preservation of forests for, pros- uh, for posterity. He would serve as the state's first chief fire warden and as the commissioner of forestry from 1905 to 1911. And on this day, today, on this day mm-hmm. in 1991. We'll see you tomorrow night. No. This was no. the final game. This was tomorrow night. <laughs> this was tomorrow night. Jack Morris pitched a ten inning shutout. The twins beat the Braves one to nothing in the seventh game of the World Series.
1: You know what I think the most underrated aspect of that entire game, and I mean obviously blackjack is the story. Dan Gladden's hustle double won them that game in the tenth inning. Mm-hmm. I gotta read Don't you Don't tell him that though. I gotta read you <laughs> something. <laughs> Gladden that was Kenny, not me. <laughs> Hi, Glads.
0: How you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh. This was uh, this came up uh, this morning. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, never mind, I can't find it. How about
1: this? I saw this
0: this morning via the Twitter, gentlemen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, Chris. Yep, that suit right there <laughs> reminds me. We had a pretty good uh, episode of news from the Krabby Coffee Shop where we spent half of it talking about people who aren't really that good with their cell phone. Oh, (laughs) my God. The could see the look on Sucha's face right now. He's got drool coming off his
0: bottom lip. His forehead is all crinkled up. Well, the kid (laughs) I used to have uh, referring to his... Found it. What would my wife's father be to my kid? Grandfather, You're, there you go. <laughs> so in '87,
1: got another highlight for today. <laughs> what the in, in
0: 1987, oh. uh, he said it might have been at that Rams game. He talked about. Oh, well, God damn. News from the Krabby Coffee the, Shop wow.
3: Good episode at
0: Lodge. Yeah, he com. and his grandfather and some other people were at the 1987 Game 7 World Series. And then he says... 91, you mean? 87. Oh. And I have an unusually vivid memory <laughs> of he and I going to the Vikings-Rams-NFC wildcard playoff game on 12-26-88 and taking a shuttle bus from the Target parking lot on Lake Street. Uh, and then he writes, it might have been at that Rams game that he, meaning his grandfather, became focused on anti-mugging clothing technology and had all his money in one of those body safes. He kept reminding me where it was in case he went down. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and so these other people on this, they have to stop their Zoom meetings. They were laughing so hard. And uh, uh, body one safe? kid, well, he, he invented this wallet that he wore like a belt. And you could, you know, and he says, "Didn't we all have to use them to go to Europe?" Somebody said he was ahead of his times with that invention, and he, and and the, my kid says that's why, maybe that's why this is so vivid. It was like he thought there was a legitimate chance he would be temporarily incapacitated, and I would <laughs> need money for the concession stand at that exact moment, and he didn't want me searching his back
1: pocket for his wallet. Oh, that's wonderful. And you know what else? Oh my God, the Vikings Rams game. That you just mentioned. Yeah. You know what that inspired, don't you? I don't.
0: But it was a dumb fucking oh. fight. Was when that that game? With... It
1: was they were playing the Rams, and that's yes. when Burnsy had his tire. Yes. Wow. Boy, that kid of mine has had a charm sporting life.
0: He's at game two tonight. Is he really? In Houston. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: Uh, 55 years ago today, I saw this. Where one. did you go wrong? How come he's yeah. so
3: good at dead life? And you're sitting here doing a podcast. <laughs> laughing at out, yeah, I covered
0: about 100 f- World Series games. I'm not missing anything. <laughs> oh, okay. I
1: yeah. well, well, guess he shut you up, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 55 years ago today, gentlemen. 55. CBS aired The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, really? Huh? Isn't that incredible to think it's that old?
0: Well, I like the Christmas show.
1: Well, the pumpkin's pretty good, too. Yeah, pumpkin's that pumpkin's good. That kid had some, he had, uh, he, there's
3: some difficulties there with that young man.
1: And he always <laughs> fell for it, too, trying to kick the football every time. No, Always. I'm
3: talking about the kids sitting out in the pumpkin patch. There's, oh, there's
1: Linus. Linus. There's yeah. something
3: going on. There's something going on there. That's, uh, Sally
1: that was into
0: kids. him, though. I'm terrified uh, of Lucy Van Pelt. Oh, yeah. I, I find her Jeez. to be a terrible, terrible, seriously, a very bad human being. Horrible human being. She threw Linus's. Is it Linus who plays the piano? No, no it's Schroeder. 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 She Schroeder. Threw Schroeder's piano in the sewer.
3: Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Had to get a new one. Yeah. I did not know
2: that. Oh, she you know, was just then-
0: terrible.
3: And then that dirty little kid goes on to be the Grateful Dead's <laughs> keyboard player. Dies of a drug overdose. <laughs> sad, sad story. Big Ben, yeah, yeah, it was Pig yes.
2: pen, yeah. Big pen story. I no, bet Pink Lucy be- had the great voice too.
1: I bet Lucy became an activist and probably ran for office. Oh God, she's <laughs> Can we be done? I think so. <laughs> How about I hit this Deal. button right here. That was Deal. kind of fun. Speaking I breaking of breaking down peanuts, there. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Pod MN, you can you can download the news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. A fresh episode today, also good one. It was a good one. A fresh weekly scramble with myself and Mike Fredoni that we recorded yesterday afternoon. All available to you via the Pod MN app. And please subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel and find us on all of the various social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. It's all there for you. We'll do this again tomorrow.